I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is a man that I've wanted to talk to for many, many years. It's the man that my father wanted me to be. There, you could be two stars when I was a kid. We'll, we'll talk about who those two stars were. And he said, because I want you to be Alex Bauman when you grow up. He goes, he is just a great person. Today we have Alex Bauman, Olympic champion, star of Canadian swimming. How are you doing? Oh, good, good to see you. Good to see you. It's been a while. You've been a very, very busy man. It's yes. did you did, did you know that this was going to be? Did, did did you have any inkling when you were an athlete, when you were when you were performing and achieving? Did you ever think, you know, hey, this is going to be my future? Not really. I mean, although I did have such a passion for um, obviously sport and, and high performance as well, and um, I did I didn't really start out that way in terms of career. Although I did coach for a while, um, but I went into teaching in the first instance. And um, then I just felt that I missed high performance and, and being in that environment. So let me let me just say this to our listeners, because I jumped in kind of quickly. I'm, 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 I'm assuming that everyone knows this. Uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you are you are now the outgoing CEO of Australian Swimming Australia. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's been uh, and there's been a long trajectory um the what's interesting is in digging into your background is that you were you were up for this position with with Canadian swimming with swimming Canada and you didn't get it and there was a and and I just remember this because I'm five follow the news and uh, yeah. there were a lot of people that were upset about that that's something you you put your hat in the ring uh what happened there because well, it, was, I, I, it sounds like it was a bad decision on their part <laughs> Oh no, I, I, I'm not sure that's that's quite correct. To be honest, I, I think um, it was really the CEO of the Canadian Olympic Committee, not not of, of Swimming Canada at that point in in time, right? So, um, and you know, in, in the end, I, I I was fine with it. I was I was still in Australia. But having said that, um, after that, the CEO of the Canadian Olympic Committee actually brought me back to head up the Road to Excellence program, which turned into Own the Podium as, as, as well. So, you know, I, I, in the end, you know, I think um, I had a great six years in, in Canada from 2006 to 2012, but it wasn't just swimming. It was really uh, taking a look in, in the first instance, uh, taking care of summer sports or trying to raise the bar for summer sports. And then obviously for both uh, summer and winter um, with Own the Podium. And a successful campaign at that. It's, uh, it, yeah, it, it was. I mean, you know, there, there are always challenges when, when you um, take a look at a sporting system, but there were a lot of uh, good people. You know, the structure was, was right and the investment principles were right. But, um, you know, it, it, uh, it, was, it was a good time because obviously the um, Winter Olympics were coming up in 2010 in, in Vancouver. And when you have a host games, um, obviously the country wants to do well and that's spilled over into the summer sports as well. Well, I, I, I want to get up to what's going on in present day, but I do want to go backwards first. But uh, you, just, just so our, our listeners know, in case they're, they're not aware, I think most of them are aware. We're, it's a pretty nerdy group that listens in. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you've, been, you've been in leadership 
uh, on the Olympic stage for, for quite a long time in, in sport. But when I was a kid, uh, I was, you know, we, we had the boycott of 1980. And so we, we missed our stars from the, from 1980. And we, um, so it, getting, getting late into my career, it, this, our stars are the 84 stars. And on the run-up, you were already a star. And my father always, he said, he goes, you're, you, Melvin Jr., you're, you're, he goes, you're looking, he goes, I fear you might be a little bit more Victor Davis, and I need you to be more Alex Bauman. <laughs> is that, is that, I, what, what was that relationship like? We should just put that on the table and, and say it was sort of like fire and ice, it, it, it seemed like. Well, it's, uh, you know, I think there was a documentary called The Fast and the Furious, and, um, you know, it was supposed to be the fast one, and Victor was supposed to be the furious one. It, it was, you know, he, he was he was a dear friend, and, uh, you know, I still miss him uh, to, to, to this day. We're quite different, but, you know, I, I really uh, believe that uh, having him um, compete at the same time helped my performances as, as, as well. So we trained together, um, you know, we worked hard together, he would uh, compete in the individual medley. It wasn't his uh, best event. Obviously, the breaststroke was his best event. And then I competed in the breaststroke. And, and um, you know, that, that helped me as well. But we'd always uh, push each other. And I think that's what uh, really got the performances in, in 1984 and, and beyond as well. And just so people realize that it wasn't it wasn't boring back then. You know, back when we were competing, I, I was just starting my career, just made the national team. I made it in 85. And we were at... We, our paths crossed at one competition in 1987. The Pan Pacific Games wasn't championships yet. Pan Pacific Games in 1987 in Brisbane, but you know, throughout on the run up to the 84 Games, swimming was was interesting. It was dramatic, and uh, there were there were a lot of great moments. But uh, the I, I, I don't want this would be the last time I bring up Victor Davis, but I just remember that it went global. Uh, it read in local news that he had kicked a chair at the Queen of England. <laughs> and uh, and this was, I guess it was just after a false start of a relay. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We, we lost a number of medals at the 82 Commonwealth Games in, 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 in Brisbane. And um, we were part of the 4 by 100 medley. And unfortunately, uh, we got disqualified. It came close after Victor losing 100 breasts as, as well in, in 1982. And... Uh, Really, it wasn't uh, wasn't a big deal, but the problem was that the Queen was in the audience, and uh, so then you have all the uh, all the stories coming back. You, you know, when I came back to Canada, you know, people coming out. Did you hear Victor through the sink at the Queen? You know, I mean, it, it was quite quite ridiculous, and it was it was probably quite difficult for him. But you could I, I could see the frustration um, because we just kind of finished first and then we got disqualified um you know five five minutes later and that frustration he took the frustration out on on a, on a chair but you know it, it went went a foot or two and that was it and uh, it really wasn't a big deal but because the queen was there it was it, it became it became a big deal i was aware of the context i was hoping that you would share here um <laughs> but as for, for 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 a kid i think i was 13 at the time that was uh it was a very dramatic moment i just remembered the headline and yeah. but, I, but I do remember because I know my swim history, the uh, 84 flag bearer, uh, two time gold medalist, 200 IM, 400 IM world record performance in both events. Uh, is this something did did you anticipate that? I'm, I'm sure you had your own personal goals. Well, you know, what was yeah. that, that experience like? That was a unique Olympics coming off of 84. There was a lot of talk about 
the Olympic Games may be being dead and mm. that maybe the Olympics isn't an economic model that works and maybe the value isn't there. A lot of people in the United States call it the Ubroth Games. But the LA Games were a special moment. It felt like the Hollywood Olympics, and it just seemed star-studded and beautiful. What was your experience? Uh, it, it, obviously, the 84 Games were, were the highlight, um, or was the highlight of, of my career. And, and um, as you said, we missed the 1980 uh, Games uh, due to boycott. I mean, for me, it, it wasn't really a big deal because I was only 16. I made, made the team, uh, whether I, I would have won a medal, not sure. But I did feel sorry for athletes like... Graham Smith and, and Bill Sawchuk, where this was really their their last um, games. So going into '84, you know, for me, um, th there was a bit of a challenge. I guess I already had the uh, world record in the 200 individual medley, and then I set the world record in the 400 individual medley at, at our trials about five weeks before the games um, by, by about. Uh, two seconds. So all of a sudden there's a big target on your back, right? And um, you go into the games, uh, you could really only equal everybody's expectation. And that was quite difficult. And I still remember being asked to to carry the flag into the LA Coliseum. Um, and it's something that I, I couldn't really pass up, even though I knew that um, I had to compete in the 200 free the, the next day. And so I really thought about that because I, as you know and as you appreciate standing um, on, on your feet for three or four hours being uh, a highly tuned athlete uh, in taper mode and everything it's not conducive to to good performance and after all we're there for performance so luckily we liaised with the Canadian Olympic Committee and they let me come in at the last moment um, they let me sit down in the infield and uh, made concessions for me, which made it possible for me to carry the flag. And it was an incredible honor, um, incredible moment. Um, it certainly got the adrenaline going for me just walking into that uh, Coliseum with 90,000 uh, people cheering. And I'm, I'm glad I did it. But I, I do remember, you know, the, the 203, I, I swam just to get a hit out, um, didn't, make the, didn't make the final, came ninth. I think I scratched the, the, the B final. Um, and then I had the 400 individual medley uh, that the next day. And I, I still remember uh, swimming the heat and, and feeling really good, being five seconds off my, my best time, 4.22, um, you know, but feeling good. And then I went to the residences and um, where I went to eat and tried to lie down, but I, I just couldn't sleep. Like, you know, it, it felt like my heart was pounding so hard he was moving the whole bed and you know it was at that point in time that I said you know I'm physically ready I'm, I'm psychologically ready I've competed against all these guys this year and I, I really can't worry about what other uh, factors there are external factors I can only control what I can control and I think that that helped me but I did something that I've never done done before in the final so I went into the warm-up and you know started I, I, I was about one second off of all my splits because I usually do eight times 50 IM order trying to get down the split times and I was one second off and my coach saw that um, you know I wasn't too happy and um, you know it's the first time I in competition that I ever got a rub down and um, so I saw the physio um, and, and then went back into the water and I felt much better but uh, you know still a a pretty stressful situation. You kind of felt like the weight of the nation was was on your shoulders because 
you know, in 72 years, Canada hadn't won a, a gold medal in, in, in the pool. And I still remember, you know, that, that last five meters, it, it wasn't really elation. It was just, just relief, you know, in the battle with Ricardo Prado and, you know, knowing that um, I would be behind after the first 200 and, and had to make it up. Um, but I knew that if I stuck to the strategy and, and stuck to process, and I knew where everybody was going to be in the race, but, you know, I couldn't concentrate on that. Then, then I could win. And the goal was to win. It wasn't really to break a world record. The world record for me was, was, uh, was secondary. And, um, you know, it's all history from there. And I was very fortunate to um, be standing on that podium and hearing the, the Canadian anthem. First gold since 1912 for Canada and mm -hmm. swimming. That had to feel good. Put into context, this was 1984. The time was a 4:17:41. 200 IM was a 2:01:4, 2042. Uh, there, there it is. The uh, slow now, very <laughs> no, no. <laughs> legit, legit swims, legit swims. Uh, we, I, we, I, I'm, you know, were, were you wearing a silicon cap or were you wearing a rubber cap back then? Rubber cap, maybe. Were you wearing Swedes by that time? Uh, maybe a oh. paper suit. Oh yeah, no, I don't think there were paper suits, and and you know I always I always wore uh, two caps anyway, right? They they weren't silicon caps, and um, I just felt I, I I was always more buoyant with two caps. It seems like everybody's wearing two caps now, so it's it's quite quite interesting. But uh, yeah, no, no, it's um, it, it it was good, but I, I must admit that you know it was quite the pressure cooker, but. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of goes to, and this is the partnership that I had with my coach, is that consistency, 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 that even if you don't feel 100%, you could still do really well. The, uh, there, was, there were things about your personal life that I didn't know. And we, we, you know, we have a tendency to this footnote our heroes in history with these big successes. And we, and we see you as this, this someone we're trying to emulate. And it's... Uh, I didn't, I didn't know about your brother. I didn't know mm. about that situation. And I, I don't know if you want to talk about that. And I didn't know about your dad. Mm. I knew that you had shoulder ch challenges. It seemed like you had a lot of challenges in your life. Uh, how did that affect you on the run-up? Well, I, I think, um, you know, the, the true mark of a champion, I think, is, as well is, um, you know, working through, through adversity. And, um, you know, I, I have had a, a lot of adversity, you know, 1981, um, pretty bad shoulder injury in terms of sub posterior subluxation. Um, you know, I went down to Indiana to um, train with uh, Doc, Doc Councilman, but, um, you know, I was redshirted because I, I just couldn't swim. Um, I was being told that I needed surgery and, you know, the chance of successful surgery back there for posterior subluxation was about 50%. So I, I, I went back to, to my old coach, Dr. Dr. You know, to Hanny and um, I was out for about eight or nine months. And uh, you know, that, that was quite difficult. I started looking at different other sports to, to take a look at, but um, you know, I, I had a good doctor in, in Canada, Dr. Fowler. He told me, listen, if, if you can strengthen up the muscles around the joint, then that, that will help you. And, and um, you know, I took that advice. I didn't get any surgery and slowly uh, made my way back. And that's why I think, you know, the, the, the Commonwealth Games in 1982 were really important for me. And secondary to that was breaking the world record in the 200 IM at the Commonwealth Games, because then I knew I was, I was back. And I think that prepared me for 
484. I think one of the biggest challenges that I had was certainly, um, you know, my, my brother committing suicide in, in 1980. And um, he was eight years older than me. He was, um, he, he got me into swimming. Um, and, and, you know, he started, I think, at, at 16 and um, made made the national team in, uh, uh, he was 79 or, or 80 um, in the 200 breaststroke, which was an amazing feat, really. I mean, uh, in, in a few years to do that. And, um, you know, he, he taught me so much. And, um, you know, that, that, that hit pretty hard. Um, it probably hit, hit my parents harder than me, you know, I was, I was 16 at the time. But, um, and, and I think, um, you know, my coach was critical in this because, I, as we all know, the, the coach probably sees you more than, than your father or, or your, your parents. And he was a tremendous mentor um, for me. But it did take me a while. To, and, and, you know, in, interestingly enough, the, the card on the day that, that I found out that he committed suicide, I got a card for my birthday because it was on my birthday. And uh, so, sorry, getting a bit motion, but uh, but it said, uh, you know, best of luck in, in your swimming, which was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always cherish that. So it was, uh, <laughs> it, was it was hard, but um and then, you know, before, before 84, you know, my father was not well. I mean, he had diabetes and, and he passed away in, in 1983, just shortly, I think, after the 83-year university ad in, in Edmonton. And uh, this is where I think, you know, my coach uh, helped, helped me so much. And, and uh, he pulled me through that. But, you know, I, I always think um, th there's been a few studies, uh, you know, in the UK in particular on, on gold medalists that, you know, the majority of gold medalists have some kind of major trauma in, in their lives. And, um, you know, I think that's true. I, I think the adversity, the challenges that I had um, made me uh, a, a lot stronger and ultimately uh, led me to perform at the Olympics uh, in 84. Uh, yeah, yes. My, my wife's a, a clinical therapist with a full practice. Uh, She's, it's, interestingly, there's there's a lot of therapies. There's you know to deal with complex trauma and post traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and it has a lot to do with you know the right left right left you know your eye movement. I don't know if you know about this. Yeah. And yeah. but uh, there's 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 a lot of data that yoga, which is right left right left, but also anything walking, swimming, helps us process all these things. And I thought it was interesting that you said you know. With this this challenge that happened, this moment that happened with your with your brother and with your father, you're young. You don't know you don't know what you're feeling, and it's uh, you feel a lot of different things. But I think that as young men, we just internalize it. We just hold it in our body. Yeah. So I, I wonder how much of that you worked out in the pool. Well, it's, it's true. <laughs> you can't take take my frustrations out, out in the pool. There, there, there's no doubt uh, uh, about that. And you know, to, to be honest, if I didn't have swimming, it, it you know that was an outlet for me, absolutely. And I think um, you know, my my coach in a number of things. You know, the the, the shoulder injury in the, in the first instance was you know I, I wanted to get back in there and and just train and train. And he's the one that kind of held me back, even when I was started with him at at nine. You know, he'd often have to take me out of the pool because he felt I was working too hard. So, you, you, you know, you don't usually have that. It's it's probably the opposite <laughs> that you have that. But, you know, the eight months were really difficult for me because I just wanted to get in there and train. But he absolutely did the right thing in order for me to recover properly. 
um, you know, he, he held me back. And um, this is where I think the partnership, you know, that, that tandem that you have with the coach is, is, is so critical. And, and he wasn't just a coach for me. He, he was obviously a, a dear friend. And, and as you go through, because I was with him for 13 years, other than that, you know, six months that I was in Indiana, um, you know, the bond was, was so strong, the trust and, um, you know, it, it, it was, you know, that's why I think for me, you know, as an administrator, coaching has to be our number one priority. And because in the end, it's, it's the key enabler to, to athlete success. Obviously, you still have to have the talent. Um, and, you know, every job that I've gone to, I've made coaching is, is has to be the priority. How do we develop our coaches to be the best in, in, in the world? And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to bring us into the future. And, uh, and, and bring us, well, first of all, let me just say this, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I've been married for 22 years. Uh, you married an Australian, you married a swimmer. Uh, I've always, it's my, you know, you're, you're, you know, you weren't Canadian born, you, you, uh, because of what's uh, Prague spring, your family left and you, you came to Canada and was raised in Canada from 1969 on, is that correct? Yeah, well, you yeah, story, yeah. You story history. <laughs> it's it, it is quite interesting. So we left in 1967 before the tanks moved in uh, in in 68. And actually, I lived in New Zealand for two years. Uh, so from the ages of three to five, I lived in New Zealand. My dad taught at uh, Canterbury University in, in Christchurch, and then he got a position in Sudbury, of all places, in in Canada and uh, Laurentian University. So he taught sociology, but you know, it, it has been. It, been quite quite a, a, a journey and um you know most viewers won't won't know um you know Sudbury is about four and a half hours drive north of of Toronto the winters are are, are pretty harsh um there was a new university pool that was built at that point in time and um you know my my coach was appointed there as, as well so it, it kind of all came together the coaching the facility um, you know, having that opportunity to swim. My mother was a, was a, a competitor in, in swimming in Czechoslovakia. Obviously they, they never trained during those times. It was, it was the war year. So, but, but she was a very good, good breaststroker. And, you know, I'm sure that uh, some of the genes have, um, have, you know, been passed on, uh, to, to, to me and, and my brother as, as, as well, but it is, it is quite so, you know, and I often joke, you know, in my career that I've kind of, I've been doing the tour of the Commonwealth, you know, uh, New Zealand, Canada, uh, Australia. Now I'm back in, in in Australia, which which I enjoy. My kids are here as well. Uh, the I appreciate you summing that up as only you can. The uh, the but the point of marriage and and, and, and who you marry. I'm glad I'm, I appreciate that you married a swimmer. But the I feel like where, wherever your wife is, wherever your family are, that's where your home is. And, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, and and some of the things. I mean. My wife did did swim, but she wasn't a, a, a national swimmer. And I met her after the Commonwealth Games in, in uh, 1982. And, um, you know, she, she moved to Sudbury, you know, for about seven years after the 84 Games. And I figured, you know, after seven winters, you know, I probably have to move to, to Australia. So in 1991, uh, I moved, moved to, to Australia. Smart move. Fun move. Yes, you have been making your tour of the Commonwealth. It seems like you've, you've been on a trajectory that's taken you higher and higher and higher. And, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, it, it's, I had, I had two motivations really to talk to you. I just, I just wanted to tell you how much of a hero you were to me 
as a young kid trying to figure out who they were as an athlete. And uh, it's great to have great examples to live up to. But, um, you know, I also wanted to have this moment just it's with Swimming Australia. It's, uh, you know, you're this is this has been a short stint. But your your impact, I feel like, has been on a run up. It's it's been on the, on the lead up to this. Uh, what were you doing with in in Queensland ahead of ahead of, be, of becoming the chief executive? Well, actually, I've been with Swimming Australia for over three and a half years. So, with, you know, I, I was kind of brought back um, from from New Zealand. I, I had resigned from High Performance Sport New Zealand um, in two thousand seventeen. And um, then the then CEO Mark Anderson and uh, John Bertrand, the president, um, you know, said, you know, we would like you to take over the high performance program for for Swimming Australia. And I, I knew that it was going to be a fairly difficult job because I, I'd been used to systems, you know, with many sports um, rather than one one sport. And and you're in the coal face, right? You're in the coal face to drive the, the high performance uh, pro- program. So I thought about it. I, I did, you know, turn, turn them down a couple of times, but in the end, um, you know, they came over to New Zealand and they convinced um, my wife and, and I took the job and, and, you know, for, for three and a half years, I mean, it, it was a challenge. There's no doubt it, it was a challenge. We, we had tremendous talent uh, in, in, in the pool, but, Sometimes the performance culture um, wasn't where it actually needed to be. So, and and my job as chief strategist of, of high performance was really to set the strategy for for high performance, um, put a plan together. You know, when I came in, it was a seventy-two page document um, with not one word of of winning. And um, so, so we changed that. We, you know, we have an eight-page document, one-page document, where you know our, our vision is really to win when it matters, to inspire a nation. And we shouldn't be afraid of that. Not that we'll we'll always win, but that aspiration has to be there that that we want we want to win. And you know, as you saw in in Tokyo, I think the role models that that we have, um, you know, numerous role models that, that have really inspired nation, particularly given this time of, of, of COVID. So, you know, it, it was it was difficult, but, you know, I think it was a tremendous team effort. We have really good people uh, in, in the system now. Uh, so there's a strategy, and I always believe in strategy, structure, people. Uh, once you have the strategy, you have to take a look at what the structure looks like, and then you need to ensure that, you have the right people to be able to drive it forward as, as well. And if you have a simple strategy, and this is what I, I try to stress as much as possible, that while it may be complex, you have to get back to simplicity. And the most important thing is, you know, making sure that there's priorities on resources. So any kind of investment there's priorities on, and that's based on your plan, making sure that that daily performance environment is is the best so you have the best coaches you have the best facilities you have a good pathway program and you have good innovation as as well but if you don't have the coaching you don't have the facilities you don't have the athlete pool there's no point going to innovation or even the pathway um, program because um, you, you need to get the simple and basic things right first uh, before you have success I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. 
uh, we always say in the United States, uh, Swim Swim is based in the United States, but we report in six languages. Half of our audience is international. So, uh, you know, internally within our own company, we're always where we're, our service is, is always thinking global and we're always reminding people that it's global. But uh, more than half of our staff is U.S. based and our leadership and our owners are all U.S. based. And we're all had this, there's a lot, there's always a sense. And as a former athlete, there's always a tiny sense of insecurity or on the flip side, enormous respect for Canada, for mm. Australia, because we are painfully aware that we're coming from a nation of 300 plus million. Mm. And uh, we know that you perform. Mm. It's uh, the, the, the performance level, high, particularly from Australia. And of course, uh, in Canada, it's been on and off, but I mean, uh, based on population, performance has been fantastic. What would you do if you had control of the U.S., of USA Swimming? What, what, what changes would you make? <laughs> well, you know, to, to, to be honest, I don't think the U.S. is doing, doing too, too badly, right? So I, I think... Um, you know, uh, I never discount the, the, the U.S., um, mainly because, you know, you have that three, 300 million population, but also because you have good systems in place. It's, it's much more difficult, I, I think, for, for you guys. So, you know, in the end, I mean, the NC2A system obviously helps. Um, but, but, you know, and you have some great coaches and, uh, you know, and you have, you know, the 50 states and, you know, it's, it's not easy. I mean, we struggle with it as well. We have a federal model and sometimes it's like herding cats to get, get alignment, um, you know, to, to, to strategy, but you guys have done extremely well. I mean, if you take a look at Rio, you know, 16 gold and, um, take a look at uh, Tokyo, uh, uh, 11 gold. Yes, you know, there are probably some performances that could have been uh, a, a little bit better. Um, but but I think, you know, for us, uh, it, it was really kind of the stars all aligned. I mean, yes, totally understand that, um, you know, that these things don't happen by chance. And, and you know, Rowan Taylor has got to be commended as as, as head coach and, and Jacko before him as, as, as well. Um, in, in terms of um, keeping the team calm. But what I saw in, in Tokyo, the difference, I guess, between uh, 2016 and Rio, and, and I wasn't, wasn't there at the time, was really the team was extremely united. And, um, you know, that makes a significant difference, particularly, yes, it's an individual sport, but you have seven relays, um, and, and they all had each other's backs. And, and we worked pretty hard uh, as a collective on the values. So we have courage, unity, and excellence. But it's probably more important that what are the behaviors associated with those values? And um, we have a strong athlete leadership group, you know, Bronte Campbell, Kate Campbell, uh, Jess Hansen, Alex Graham, and Mitch Larkin. And we worked and um, with them uh, constantly. And I think for Australia, it's probably a lot easier to get athletes together um, than, than the U.S., um, you know, just because of um, whether it's NC2A or, or you know, the distance, uh, tearing of distance, et cetera, et cetera. But for us, it's, it's a little bit easier. And I think what we found in the last 15, 18 months with, with COVID is we actually had to get them together because we had lockdowns everywhere. And, you know, often we we're making decisions on the run that we had to get somebody out of Victoria 
you know, within two hours because a lockdown was coming. And we got them into Queensland. They were training together. We brought back the national event camps. And I think that has a, had a big impact on the performances in, in Tokyo. So I think there's some lessons that, that we can learn uh, from, from Tokyo that I, I hope we can take on to, well, it won't be me necessarily, but uh, to Paris in, in 2024. Don't want to like make. I don't want everyone to think that I threw the United States under the bus. I will say this: I have a I have an inside point of view on, on leadership. Uh, Team USA has, has a tendency to to always perform. It's not always perfect, and, and sometimes we think that they're not going to do well, you know, on the run up, and they they always pull it off. Stars always arise. We are pulling from a large population base. We'll tell you that internally, we have a we have a new chief executive. I'm sure you know Tim Hinchy. And Tim is uh, Tim. Tim, you're, we haven't seen his era yet, and he and his impact. But he is uh, he's creating processes and controls and centralizing a lot of things that should have been done thirty years ago. And so I'm very bullish on him. But I'm I'm always fascinated by leadership. And uh, the one takeaway I have from you is that you took this seventy-two page document and you you brought it down to one page. I think that's, and, and you're stating what you want, which seems very much like the mindset of an athlete. It, well, it is. And, and, you know, to be honest, um, high performance is not rocket science, you know? And, and so, as I said, if you have the right coaches, you have the right opportunities, uh, you present uh, or provide the athletes with, with the right competitive opportunities and, and try to strengthen that, that, that daily performance environment, then you're halfway there. And I think you can have very good results uh, based on that. But if you really want to be world leading, I think there's two other elements. One is you need to have a strong pathway uh, for coaches and, and athletes. So this is the talent identification and, and, and development. And then the last one is really the innovation piece. But we often, uh, as a system and as sports, look at silver bullets. And there's no point going into innovation unless you have the coaching the facilities, the athletes, right? So don't even go there. And, you know, there's no substitute to hard work. And I think what's happened, you know, the athletes and coaches can have those performance discussions. And you need for coaches to be able to have those performance discussions. And it's quite difficult in this day and age. Uh, to be honest, because you, high performance is kind of going against some of the societal norms where you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and you have to push the barriers. And so there is a challenge, I think, to high performance move, moving forward. And how do you do that? There's a different way, I think, to do it with athletes where they have to take ownership of their, their own performance. And it's different than, you know, 30, 40 years ago where my coaches pretty authoritarian, right? Dictatorial, you know, you do this. And for the first couple of years, that's, that's what it was. And then I pushed myself, but you know, it's, it's different. Um, I, I think um, you really have to get athletes to understand what they want to achieve. And there's a different way coaches need to, to deal with them. For you personally, um, you're, this is a, uh, you're, you're stepping off stage. Now, my understanding, it's a, I don't know if you've shared what, what, what's going on with you health-wise. I don't know if it's just for family. Uh, I don't know if you want to share here, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm curious about what your future is going to hold. And, you know, you're taking that, this knowledge base somewhere else. We're ever going to hear from you again. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you will. I mean, 
the, the key thing for me is, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a cancer survivor uh, twice already uh, in 1996 and, and 2012. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't have cancer, or at least I don't think I have cancer, but uh, my health has, has deteriorated um, over the last uh, little, little while. And uh, I, I just feel like I need to step away and uh, really take care of, of my health uh, first and foremost, and, and also my family. It's had an impact on my family, my wife as well, Tracy. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a really difficult uh, decision because, you know, stepping up from chief strategist to the CEO role, I only took up the position in, in May. But, um, you know, it's, um, it's just um, something that, that I ha- had to do. It's, uh, well, I'm, I, it's my hope for you that this, that, that this rest and, and rejuvenation and is going to be something that allows your, your parts of your brain to open up and we get, mm-hmm. we, we get some wisdom, some takeaways that maybe well, you never get, you never get, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe <laughs> I, it's, it's my, I, I think that happens a lot. I think, I think, I think, yeah. I think we, we get you in leadership. You get caught up so much. You're on the roller coaster. You're always moving. You're always managing. You're and, and the, frankly, you're always like you said. You're hurting kittens, and you're sometimes you're fighting a lot of battles on a different. Mm-hmm. It's noise, and what matters, you're not getting to it. And then when when and then when it gets quiet, suddenly those answers all come, and it's innovative. And when that moment happens, I want to hear from you. <laughs> no, I'm sure. And, you know, I mean, sport, sport is, is my passion and swimming is my passion. And, you know, I just need to decide what, what, what I want to do in, in the future. You know, I'll, I'll stay in, in, in Australia, but right now I just need to, you know, take, take that break and, and reevaluate things. Take that break. Will you, will you come back if there's another topic where we need your expertise? Oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to come back at, uh, at, at any time. I mean, it's, it's been a great journey for, for me, you know, and, and um, I've been very fortunate to be in a lot of positions um, in, in Canada, New Zealand, uh, Australia. And I've learned um, in, in all the positions, to be honest, I think that's that's one of the keys. When I take a look at those coaches that, that have been extremely successful, they're like sponges. Right. They, they want more knowledge. And, um, you know, just an example with Ron Taylor, our head coach now, I mean, it's always, you always want to learn, right? You can't be complacent and we, we can't be so insular to think that we know it all because we, we don't. And I guess the, the key is how do you synthesize some of the expertise, the intelligence, the innovation to, to ensure that it, it um, enhances performance. We always have a saying here, and not that I always go to rowing, you know, how do you make the boat go faster? And you always have to ask that question, will this make the boat, the boat go faster? And if it doesn't, then, then why do it? And I think a lot of times systems and sports, they could get consumed, they get distracted with, with other things rather than uh, really asking those hard questions. And I think during COVID, there was more deliberate questioning of what we're actually doing. And I think that that's another lesson we can take into Paris. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below 
and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.